Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Rudo and AJ coming at you live. Day two of free agency. And the Avs have still technically... I mean, I guess if you count Georgiev, they signed him, even though it was a trade from outside the organization. Um, at the NHL level, no signings outside of their own organization. And there's a very real possibility that that continues, depending on how things shake out in the market. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll see exactly how it plays out over today or possibly tomorrow or maybe the next couple of days. Really thought we were going to get an answer by this time today. Uh, yeah, but, I'm a little know, surprised. Things but... uh, things are still in the works. And, of course, this is no criticism of anybody out there no, still making a no. decision. No. I'm not sitting here like, I wish these guys would hurry up and, you know, I mean, I, I do. But it's fine. They've earned this right. Yeah. This is how free agency works. Totally understand it. Just would like to know the answers. <laughs> yeah. I think we should definitely start today with the Johnny Gaudreau thing. Yeah. Because can... it was just so crazy. It, it, the weirdest part is like, players have gone to weird places. Players have selected weird things to go to, but no one had said anything about Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus. It was like, all right, it's down to New Jersey or New York, New Jersey or New York. And then 30 minutes before he decided, they were like, well, you know, I'm hearing something out of a Columbus all of a sudden. And then next thing you know, he's fully signed in Columbus. So it's really, really strange, to say the least. AJ, you know, I were talking about a dev camp today. Totally understand him wanting to get out of Calgary. Yeah, like, you can always understand when a player's like, look, I've been here for a long time. I've put everything I've had into this. Uh, I'm good. Like, I'm just, it's time for me to move on. You yep. know, for whatever reason. I, it doesn't always have to be a slight against Calgary, you know? as much. I mean, think about how fondly I think of Texas, and I would never live there again. Yeah, I, so, like, that side of it I get, but I just don't understand what convinced him to go to Columbus, especially as he went into this free agency market saying, I want to go somewhere I can win. Does he really see Columbus as, as that team? Yeah. So like what we've talked about, what we've talked about is uh, this morning was the things that drive decisions in the NHL Yep. in player movement conversations. It's geography. It's money. And it's relationships. And winning is somewhere tied up into one of those three. With every decision, winning is always like, no guy has ever gone into the market and goes, I'm going to Buffalo because I love losing games. (laughs) 
So when you consider those three things, right, he leaves money on the table. Geographically, you understood his interest in the Flyers, the interest from the Flames, or uh, the, the Devils. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you're like, okay, this, you know, this makes sense. Uh, he's from that area. Okay, this is all whatever, whatever. And guys go back, like, back east in general a lot, and they're like, look, Boston's like an hour plane right away from where I'm actually from, so it's fine. And then you have, you know, so there's geography, there's there's money, and then you have relationships where everybody knows somebody on some team, right? Sure, like if, sure. The way these guys grow up, they play on national teams and they do all this, like, of course there's, like, some sort of relationship there. But with this one, there was not one single major tie. And let's be like, let I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging Columbus here, but the Blue Jackets organization is kind of an anonymous one in the NHL. Yep, it's one of the more overlooked uh, cities. If you asked an average NHL fan to name every team, Columbus might be the last one that they come up with because people just sort of forget it's there, right? And it's it's so interesting. Yeah, everybody everybody has decided to latch on to this children's hospital thing because it's we have to explain it somehow. And it's just yeah, it, he's been friends with Eric Robinson for twenty years. Great. He left fifteen million dollars on the table because Eric He's Robinson. Friends with a dude. He and, yeah. he and Eric Robinson go way back. Like it's you know it, it wasn't like he left a. It wasn't like he left you know three or four million dollars on the table. He left a gigantic amount of money just sitting out there. Um, reportedly, in some cases, allegedly like twelve million plus dollar difference. Yeah, it's so. it's crazy. It was just. To me, I started putting these pieces together last night and thinking about it, and it just was so interesting to me that there was not, like, like there wasn't... Because, you know, when I say relationships, I mean, like, this guy played for a coach here, this guy was recruited to a college by a guy who's an assistant, or, you know, like, like whatever, right? Like, there wasn't, like, like he and Eric Robinson, like, he and Zach Wierenski played on a played on a world championship team together. How many other guys were on that team? Like, yeah, you have a relationship yeah. with all those other guys, you know. Like, it's it, it. How many of those teams? How many of the the those teams were were interested in him? You know, so it's it's just like an interesting, super out of left field because anytime, especially in the NHL, when a guy goes to free agency, you always hear about like mystery teams and stuff, and never does the mystery team win out. Like, right. It's it's always the teams that we've just sort of connected. And so this Johnny Gaudreau to Columbus thing is one of the more, to me, I think it's one of the more interesting and fun stories in the NHL in a long time. One that we just, nobody truly saw coming and the reasoning behind it. Like, it was so weird to me. Even even Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah, like, that's. He's, he was quoted oh, today. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> as saying, are you serious about this? Like, it, it's just, it's so interesting to me. I just, I liked it. I wanted to start our show to, on it today because uh, I just thought it was one of those things that, like, 
wow. It and and like Columbus, you you know when uh, when Parise and Suter went to the Wild, they cited the Wild have the strongest farm system, as well as it being them going back home to Minnesota where they were from. Sure. So there were like a lot of big ties there, right? And you look again, you look at Columbus. They don't have like a farm system they're, that's like popping with like it's it's fine, right? Like it's it's fine. Not particularly on the up. They're kind of an amorphous organization that Yeah, like they're there. They've got some guys that they've drafted who hey, this guy looks like a good young player. They've got some nice players in the NHL. They've got a couple of guys on the way. But they're not one that you think of, especially in an East that had eight 100-point teams last year. Yeah. They're not one that you think of as, like, really pushing towards something. Yeah, there. like yeah. like Detroit made all the noise yesterday. Ottawa made so much noise yesterday. Did yep. Columbus, just by virtue of signing by far the best player out of those teams, like, did, did Columbus sort of sneak ahead of those teams with the signing? Like, it's... It's an... It's... It's interesting. It's fun. I, I, I'm curious to see. I expect that the the bottom of the Eastern playoff race drops a little bit because I think it will too. We've yeah. never really seen that. It was just insanity this year. Yeah, yeah, the the disparity was so big. There was no middle class there. So um, it was. Uh, it, you know, it, it was interesting, man. And a lot, this is purely speculation, just to be clear. But it is interesting. You always wonder, you hear about how much of a circus the media is in Canada, and Calgary's not Toronto, I get it, but it's still a Canadian hockey team, and they're always under so much scrutiny there. I do almost wonder if a, a more of an unknown team like a Columbus is a bit of an allure for someone like him to not quite get as dogged by the media at every possible turn, you know? Yeah, well, and, and like... He's been like people have talked about him. I don't know him at all. Like so, same. Yeah. No, no personal anything here. But um, he has he's been talked about by media people as being, you know, more of a shyer personality and a guy that doesn't necessarily want us, you know, want want to be in front of that kind of throng all the time, right? Yep. Um. So it's. You could see it, but you could also see where the teams he was going, like the teams that were being talked about. The New Jersey Devils aren't like a gigantic media market. Yeah, I could Philly would have been a tougher club. There's a big spotlight there. The Islanders are kind of perpetually in the Rangers' shadow. Yeah, they're always not playing there for sure. Not playing in like the heart of New York, playing where they do kind of puts them in sort of this weird, like they're in New York, which is sort of a glamour destination but they're not like the new center york of attention team. new york yeah they're they're you know they're the mets so yeah. um it's it's definitely i think i think it's it's interesting stuff um and then columbus like that's like as anonymous as it gets yeah it'd be pretty so, and for hockey reasons he could have played with matt barzell he could have played with jack hughes uh, i guess in philly i don't know who he would have played with. Um, yeah. I, I guess Kevin Hayes. Um, but, you know, it's in Columbus. Who's he going to play with? You know, because I know uh, somebody in chat mentioned Ken Johnson's going to be sick someday. Like, I really like Ken Johnson. We have no idea what that guy's going to be. In the yeah, he's got to get there first. Yeah. 
So I I really don't know. I guess I guess he's gonna you know Roslovic and is, are he and are he and Line gonna wing, maybe yeah. Are he and Line gonna play together and um, what do they do about Line A now? You know it's gonna be gonna be interesting. So I I thought that was a like a really fascinating signing. Uh, just the match between the player the city. There's almost always something that that links these together, and this one felt totally out of left field. And you got to really respect that Johnny Gaudreau had the had the the confidence and the the stones to take an unconventional route and just say, yeah, "I'm doing what I'm doing." He, he very clearly went where he wanted to. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it was it was interesting to hear all the uh, conversations where he was like, "Look, I've talked to a bunch of players who have played in Columbus, and they all raved about it." Yep. They love it. It's this and that, whatever. So I'm really glad that the Josh Norris news is the big news happening during our show. <laughs> that one we don't care quite as much about. Yeah, for sure. It's, but, uh, yeah, that's a good deal for Ottawa. Great for Josh Norris. Uh, yep. The Sens just continue to do their thing. Yep. They're still the winners of free agency in the offseason to me so far, but. Yeah, you know. I mean, for me, man, it might it it. I think it might be Columbus, even though they gave Good Branson that brutally bad yeah, that four thing by four is deal, gnarly. But you get Johnny Gaudreau, and that helps quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, when you get the best player, and it costs you just money, yep. you know, a good chance for uh, uh, good chance for her, him to do something cool. Good chance yeah. for the organization to just get a lot better. And we'll get to see what he looks like, you know, not not there in in Calgary. And is he still the hundred point guy? He can be, or is it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I would I would say if if you're banking on him continuing to score hundred points, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bet on the under for this first year. (laughs) But no idea how it's gonna go for the rest of the time there. Could they could totally pop off, and it could be awesome. But really, um, just just really appreciated. We don't get to see things like that very often in the it's NHL. True. And it was, it's true. It was, it was, it was wild. So, <clears throat> we are brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a certified meal kit company, SCCOF certified, and they make eating well easy with a bunch of different meal plans to fit whatever your lifestyle is, whether it's keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten free, and many, many more. They have plans to match your balanced eating style, even if you just want to eat better meals. Generally, Green Chef is a great option for you. So go check them out today. I had the opportunity to have them. I have to say, their proteins are so, so good. Like, if you go get their uh, their chicken and their meats, they are genuinely significantly more tasty than some of the other options out there, like a, um, what are they called? Blue Apron, that's one, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hello Fresh, the other ones like that. I I really really liked Green Chef meats. I I do have Hello to Fresh shout them out. Hello Fresh sends me mail. Really? Like like they mail me offers, and I'm like, this makes me not want to use yeah. it because I have to throw this away. Physical every week. mail. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you go check out Green Chef. They use organic ingredients, of course. They're all sustainably sourced, so you can feel good about how it got to your table. Uh, of course, a bunch of other stuff as well. They, they make sure their carbon footprint is as low as possible. They're reducing food waste across their entire brand, uh, so you can do that as well. Every week, they give you 24 changing recipes 
So even if there's some things you might not like, they give you other options that you can switch, mix and match. Make sure you get stuff that you're looking for. And obviously, the whole allure of these things is it makes cooking super easy. My wife loves them because she gets to come home from work, crack them in the box, throw everything in the pan, dinner's ready. And it's a quality dinner too. It's not like a, a microwave dinner or anything. It's fast and it's good. So be sure to jump on it today. Uh, you can get in with Green Chef uh, when you head on over to their website. Uh, go to greenchef.com slash dnvrabs130. Be sure to use that dnvrabs130 code to get $130 off plus free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash dnvrabs130 to get with Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Once you've checked out all of that amazing stuff from Green Chef, which please do, uh, you can also head on over. Maybe you uh, have something you want to watch on the television while you're eating your Green Chef. Avaca TV. Boom. Avaca.tv. You can go over there. Use the DNVR code. Get TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months. Uh, you just plug it in. It comes with a little box. It goes right near your TV. It's super easy. You don't have to mess with any of the, the streaming from your computer or any of that nonsense. It has altitude. It has AT&T Sportsnet. And it has national channels. So it's got you completely covered for all of your Colorado sports. Highly recommend if you haven't tried it yet. Even after the first three months, it's only 25 bucks a month. So it's way, way cheaper than any of the other cable or, or dish or any of those other options. So check out Avoca TV today. It's E-V-O-C-A dot TV to find it and get hooked up here in Colorado. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We will get to Nas in a second. First, the other news circling around the Avs is it does sound like there's a significant interest in them bringing back Jack Johnson. Um, I think most people would agree they probably do need a seventh defenseman. Is Jack Johnson really the right answer, though? I mean, I could see where, I don't know, man. For me, it feels a little hubrisy. Sure. Um, look, you're you're an organization that relies on analytics to make smart decisions and find, you know, find value places. And Jack Johnson on a minimum contract, like, it was a passable player. But then, uh, I've said this a few times in pieces I've written, even in the last week. <laughs> um. But the Jack Johnson, if you go and you look at his impact, uh, not good. He made every every pairing with every like significant partner worse. Yep. Right before the show, I was reading I was reading the numbers to Rudo just going down the line, uh, and one of his most common partners was Sam Gerrard and. Just a just a brutal effect, and they well we'll we'll put it this way: they brought out the worst in each other yeah, because Gerard's better, impact yeah. on Jack yeah. Johnson was also bad. Yep. Um. So not uh just a, just bad man. It was just Jack Johnson hurt uh hurt all of the pairings that he was on, and then you go and you look at his isolated numbers, and you're like, these aren't that bad. They're fine, but when he's making every pairing that he's on worse it's just a tough go 
yeah, it's so it's uh, I don't know. It's in a tough spot to just given where he's at in his career. He's already 35. You've already seen the aging curve start to hit him. It's not like he's going to buck the trend and suddenly get better. I guess for him, he's like, hey, I just want a Stanley Cup, and I really, if if that team wants to bring me back and pay me to keep playing, then great. If they don't, then I guess I could be done. Yeah, to, from from Jack Johnson's side, totally. Like, are you kidding me? If I'm any, if I'm a fringe NHL player and the Avs come knocking on my door, I am signing that contract immediately. Yeah. Uh, not thinking about it, but. I, I just don't – it's really, really hard to see how he fits well into the Avs. And, again, he's a seventh D. If the Avs are healthy, he's not going to be in the starting lineup. But everyone knows better. You're not going to be healthy the entire season. You probably yep. won't be healthy for the majority of the season. So, yep. Well, and right now your seventh D is Curtis McDermott. Your eighth is Jacob McDonald. Yep. Um, I know people in chat were like, I would prefer McDonald. They don't. Very clearly, they don't. Yep. Um, otherwise, he would not have AHL money baked into his deal, and Curtis McDermott would. Yep. Uh, so that's just not the reality. Uh, that's the hierarchy right now. Is they've got a very clear cut top six, and then a like an off the cliff like <laughs> to, to, to what's next. So they 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 definitely need a seventh D, and it sounds like Jack Johnson like. Everybody's comfortable with everybody. He played for plenty I, of the playoff run. Yeah, I, I do wonder if they do see McDermott as more of a 13th forward than a 7th D, to be honest. But, I think they see him as both sure. for, less, for less than a million dollars. So that's it. But, like, I think that that's the appeal of Curtis McDermott for them is that he did he did both and he put the work in and he saves them a roster spot because it's not like they were they're they never get to twenty three guys anyway. Yeah, they all they've almost always ran twenty two. Yeah, so. and when you have a guy that plays both positions, well, now he could be your eighth D, but your thirteenth forward. I do agree. He's probably their thirteenth forward. I mean, um, as, there's a reason a they're preference. going out and targeting a seventh D and not a thirteenth forward. I'll put it that right. Way. Yeah, and part of the reason that we're 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 talking about this uh, is that. They don't even have their 12th forward right now. Yep. Uh, because right now they've got a pretty pretty full, like pretty filled out lineup. And then there's the second line center job, which remains open. Um, and that's... That's the big, uh, the big question mark here. Yep. Um, let me, let me ask it to you this way. Okay. Is it... The Avs doing a good job of being patient, or is this Nazem Kadri going full bachelor and like is standing at the altar with a bunch of roses, handing them out to teams one by one right now? <laughs> I mean, if he is this is an even bigger missed opportunity to turn this into a reality TV show <laughs> than I originally thought. Because if he's got 
like I don't even know what other teams would be interested in him. So I don't know which GMs are there, but if it's like Chris McFarland and like four other GMs and he's standing there handing out roses to dudes. <laughs> I'm big mad that we aren't getting to watch this. I hope I hope he's milking it. I hope he's like asking every GM to take him out to dinner to go see the city to do all that stuff. You mean he's not just sitting around on his phone on Zoom calls all day just watching GMs pitch him their vision? For I mean, I know that's what he's actually doing, but I I hope it was more of a a jet set getaway type style thing where he can he can milk all these teams for every penny that they're worth. But it's it it is interesting uh how patient Kadri's side has been because we rarely see the proper big names with which with Gaudreau off the board with the guys that signed on day one Kadri is probably the biggest name left in free agency by quite a big margin maybe you throw Klingberg's name into that conversation too but there's no rush here on from Kadri's camp to get this done it certainly seems mm-hmm Excuse me. Uh, look, the the reality here is we don't know. Man. Yep. He could have he could have decided. Like, let's be That's true. Let's be honest here. The reason that we're talking about this today is that he hasn't decided. The Avs haven't made any moves. And if I, I will say he hasn't officially decided publicly, you know. We don't know. I mean, he could be he could be watching the pod right now, just curious to see what kind of shit we're saying. Uh, but if he's decided he wants to come back to Colorado, then he has to wait for them to clear. I mean, he doesn't have to. They can exceed the cap. Um, but and, it would be a whole lot easier of a spot for Colorado to clear it before he's here. Yeah, I mean, the Avs are going to lose that leverage anyway because teams are going to know. Sure. Oh, Colorado's calling us up and they're trying to dump some money on us. I wonder what what's could happening. they possibly <laughs> have in the works? Like, come on. Um. So I just um, they're they're in that spot right now where they're just everybody's kind of waiting on each other uh, yeah. to to make the decisions and you wonder like most of the free agent money got spent already yep. who else is really out there waiting for this uh, five dollars from Miss Truly here who says my take on Kadri says Q Lady Gaga oh oh caught in a bad romance I'm not gonna try and sing it with the voice I have right now it's not happening Don't try and sing it ever. Only let Lady Gaga sing Lady Heart Gaga. you guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <clears throat> and it, again, it, it's it's a similar conversation to what we were having with Johnny Gaudreau, right? Yeah. There are some teams with money left out there, but Kadri has said winning is important to him. There aren't yeah. a lot of teams that you can you truly believe are contenders out there with that level of money left. Yeah. So that's where it gets a little bit tighter. Um, in the Avs case, the 3.9 million cat friendly is roughly accurate. There's a you have to do a little bit of mixing and matching, swap in Ben Myers uh, for Sedlak, and if Jack Johnson does end up signing, uh, essentially Andreas England is his fill-in on cat yeah. friendly. Yeah, if you just Erase Andreas England's name and write in Jack Johnson next to 750k. That's you did it. You're at Good you're job. at you're at roughly the right number. Uh, 
Yeah. So three point. Yeah, you're looking at three point nine. Fine. You're in the ballpark there, and and three point nine will not get it done with Kadri. Just so we're clear, the Avs right. will need to clear, clear probably at minimum at least two million of space there. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering you still need some wiggle room to be able to move around. Yep. You're probably, it's probably a f- like three or four. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I agree with that take. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but looking at Kadri specifically, are the Avs, are the Avs a little bit cup blind here? Because we talked about it all year that we do not expect a repeat of the season that Nazem Kadri had. It is a huge yeah. outlier in his career. It it is. Um, you're talking. You're talking about a. You're talking about a guy that like reliably was giving you roughly fifty ish, fifty five ish points. For a, a decade, perfect, a perfectly good two C. Yeah, like like and uh, not talking shit, not dunking, not any of that. That's exactly what you want out of your second line center. But like, then you got all world play from him this entire season. Yeah, and he scored. I, I did. Uh, I mentioned this after they won the cup, but. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, if you combine regular season and postseason, Nathan McKinnon had 112 points this year. Yep. If you combine regular season and postseason, Nazem Kadri had 102 points this year. You got one C production out of Nazem Kadri last year. True top, top line center stuff here. Yep. Out of Nazem Kadri because he missed in the, the games played were similar in those point totals. It wasn't like one guy had, they you know, a ton missed. more like a dozen or so games in the regular season. So, so, and then Kadri missed some games in the postseason, obviously with the thumb. So you're, you're really like, you're, you're talking about a guy that had just an insane year and not, it's completely out of line with the rest of his career. The weirdest part about it is, you know, when we talked about, when we talked about Nachushkin and the red flags that exist, more minutes, yep. production, per, uh, shooting percentage, all these things that could add up to being gigantic red flags that come back and haunt the avalanche. Yep. None of those things, outside of him being already 31 years old, and Kadri will be 32 at the start of next season. Yep. All of those things, uh, or I, none of those things exist with Kadri. There's no spike in play. There's no spike in shooting percentage. There wasn't a spike anywhere. He just played by far the best hockey of his life, surrounded by very talented players. And with all the injury issues that the Avalanche had, like he got plenty of time next to, next to Colorado's top wings, but also plenty of time next to some of the lower guys too. Yeah. So you're you're talking about you're talking about kind of a weird career like a perfectly timed career year but a yeah. weird one in that none of the major outlying things are there that really that really the, like tip off 
oh, hey, that's the, you could point to these things. He was just awesome. Well, and there's certainly no reason to believe he won't continue to be a quality player. I think you can find reasons to be, uh, he's not going to be a 100-point pace player. But in the immediate, I don't think there's any reason to believe he won't be a quality 2C for you. But he could, I mean, there is, there are guys, though. I mean, look at Blake Wheeler's career. Right. It's like, it's not impossible that he continues, he has a renaissance and plays the best years of his career in his 30s. Right. It's absolutely just, possible. His age, 31, 32, 33, 34 seasons, he could just be a 90-point guy. He could just pop off. Yep. And I think if that ends up being the case, whatever, whatever contract, you know, gets done here, uh, you know, if he were to return to the Avalanche and he plays that way, obviously, you're fine making yeah. whatever move you have to make to have essentially have two first-line centers with the wings that they have, with the defense that they have, like two first-line centers, uh, th- that kind of production. Incredible. Like, you're fine moving whoever you have to move. Totally. But, but if that's not the case, if, unless if you got he, a crystal ball, you don't know that. So you're you're talking though, like the chance of that happening. You're trying to get the needle in the haystack that the Jets got with Blake Wheeler. Yeah. You're trying to get the one guy who, for some reason, turned 31 years old and was like, "I guess I'm just a 90 point player for the next five years." And I'm, I don't know why, guys. Like this is just how it goes, and it doesn't make any sense, and it defies all aging curves. You're trying to you're trying to buck a lot of what, history here. What I in will... re-signing him and and the personality, how important he was in the room. Like you have to look you you look at all the different factors, all the off ice stuff you love, but when you just the one thing that you just can't get past at any turn is that he's going to be 32, and yep. that you are you are banking against history here well hard against history here. so for the record i'm not convinced by any stretch that kadri will continue to be a 90 point guy i'm seriously concerned about the aging curve but if there's one thing the avs definitely have the advantage on he just put up 87 points on the avs second line playing with players like val nachushkin when he was here playing alongside an arturi lekanen when they drop a guy down like Landis Gaga-Rantanen, it was to play next to Kadri. And all of, they lost Burkowski, I guess, but a significant yeah. number of the pieces still around Kadri will still be there if he decides to come back to Colorado. So there's a functional ecosystem there that you know works for that guy. That's an advantage the Avs have that none of these other teams do, where if he goes yeah. somewhere else, you don't have that familiarity. You're not sure exactly what you're going to get out of him in that spot. The system, the role, the personality, the coaching staff, all of that stuff, uh, all, all of that stuff is stuff that fits, stuff that we knows, know works for him. And as you mentioned, uh, now his most common linemate last year is Andre Burakovsky. Yeah, that guy's gone. Next after that, though, Val Nachushkin. Yep. Who is and then definitely here. I will ask you, do you know who his next most common linemate was? Uh... His, his third most common forward linemate in a year in which he scored 87 points. 
so it, my guess initially would be Gabe Landeskog, but the way you phrase that makes me think it's like JT Comfer or something. You got you got four and five. Number three is yeah. Logan O'Connor. Wow. Logan O'Connor was his third most common line mate with Gabe Landeskog and JT Comfer and Miko Ranton and all slotting in just a few minutes behind. And and so that's a dude that like may even to more reiterate my point, that's a dude who can play with just about anyone on this lineup for the Avs. And it's worked. Granted, we know he has to play as a center, basically. Yeah. It doesn't really work well on the wing. But it's uh, it's an interesting spot specifically because the whole market is waiting on this, right? Dylan Strom's yep. still out there. There's... Paul Stasny still out there. There's a number of centers Evan that Rodriguez still out Evan there. Rodriguez of lesser caliber than Kadri for yeah, sure. Absolutely. But when Kadri goes, you're going to see this cascade effect happen throughout the league of going to their plan B guys. Um, so we will get into that as well. We are brought to you, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNVR when you sign up over there to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Right now, when you sign up with the DNVR code, you can get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. So jump on that. You can bet up to 1000 bucks, and if the bet does not hit, you get 1000 bucks back to try and bet it again so you can uh, you know, actually hit it on the second time if you need it. Uh, of course, you can throw down on all of the sports out there. I, I've been uh, throwing some bets on the Open, which just started overnight. I put a Rory to finish top 10, and that's looking real good after day one. So feeling good there. Uh, you can bet on any sorts of nonsensical sports. And we're going to find another sport AJ doesn't know someday and, and explain it to him live on air again. It's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> which, oh, what is the drone racing league back yet? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really uh, kept up with that one because that one was always a, a fun one during the off season as well. So head on over to DraftKings, download their sportsbook app now. Be sure to use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get that risk-free bet up to one thousand uh, dollars. Of course, must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Hey, we're back to the uh, the old one. I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, of course, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental. Just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood. They're the best damn family dentist in the Denver metro area. You can get over there. They're great at what they do. They make sure they take care of you. They're effective. They're fast. When you get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush, so you can better take care of your teeth at home as well. So go check out Green Mountain Dental today. Uh, everyone who's joined the beat has, has loved them. Jesse rants and raves about how good they are as a dentist and Jesse hates the dentist. So take his word for it. If nothing else, third period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, so the big question for me is you already mentioned it. Kadri will be 32 when next season starts. One, what term do you think he gets? And two, how important is term for him? And I know you can't really answer that because you're not Nazem Kadri, but yeah, uh, I think I think it's a big part of this because that's this is the last contract, this is the last big contract of his career. 
He's not taking a three-year deal, man. Like, it just yep. wouldn't make any sense for him. It, it's really uh, the only big contract of his career. He was fairly underpaid on his last deal. Yeah, I mean, not that making just under $5 million is a bad living, but... Sure, but... You know, by the end of it, you were... <laughs> he has got 87 points out of that thing last year. They're pretty thrilled with that, that cost efficiency. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think I think he's going to... Can you guys give an example of a terrible contract that didn't age well? Go back and look at the entire free agent class of 2016. <laughs> Literally every single one. Yep. Uh, anyway, I would say that the the term that I think is the sweet spot for, for Nas right now is five years. Because six, seven, you're going to really... You're gonna really struggle. You're really pushing to age thirty-eight for yeah. that. And 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 again, I always mention this, but Nas is a guy that does have a physical edge to his game, and that gets harder as you get older. Yeah, uh, certainly the the toll that it takes on the body, et cetera, et cetera, for sure. That now look, that isn't to say clearly Nas has offensive gifts and abilities that beyond just being a guy who runs into people. Yeah, but. It's something you do have to take into account. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. The five years is the number where it no one feels good about it. So yeah, that's probably feels, the right number. Yeah, he feels like he probably left a year or two on the table, but a team isn't sitting there going, "Oh God, we're absolutely <laughs> buying this thing out." Yeah, in the last year or two. Yeah, you don't. You're not totally stuck with it. Bless you. So, yeah, no, I'm. I, I think I think five years is probably that that pain point there, yeah. That everybody's got to live with. Um, I don't. How important is it to him? I mean, I guess he's got to have it. Um, like he can't again. He can't take a three year deal or whatever. Yeah, it's. Look, he's he's not getting any younger either. He's got a family. Yeah, he's certainly thinking about. It. Yeah, exactly. Like this is the last big opportunity, probably of his lifetime here, to cash in at this level. Yeah, not that he can't go and make plenty of money after his career, but it probably won't be somebody going, "Hey, here's thirty million dollars," you know. So I think I I think that that's probably, uh, you know. I, for me, I'm more curious about what the number ends up um, because sure. I think term, I think term, look, if, if he really just wanted to be in Colorado, maybe he ends up at four. And if he really just wanted to go and go be somewhere else uh, and, and take maximum Someone money in the six, end, yeah. yeah, he takes six or something, but the money on it, I mean, it, it's not going to be like five, but I don't know how it can be. I guess if it's the abs, it can't be eight, but can it even be seven if it's the Avs? I don't know. Well, and that's where that's where you have the Sam Gerard conversation. You say you sure. trade Sam Gerard, you get no money back. It's purely futures, yep. picks, prospects. You know, like whatever, whatever it ended up being, that cleans out five million for you. You're at three point nine. That that puts you at eight point nine. That means you can sign him and still have a little have bit of seven and, and flexibility. Five dollars yeah. from Garrett here says any chance they move JTC, sign a cheaper three C to make room for Kadri. Well, so it's just not a lot of you're at three point nine. If you move JTC, 
you move out 3.5, that puts you at 7.4. But they and need another forward. Yeah. Then, yeah, then, okay, so if Kadri's going to take six, great. But now you only have a million dollars to spend on a, on your 3C. And you're not getting a 3C for a million bucks, yeah. So you're in this, you're, you're in this cover or a, a right wing, you know, like that's where Logan O'Connor ends up as your third line right wing, because you just don't have another option there. Yeah. So that's where, that's, that's why we're having the conversation about Sam Gerrard and not JT Comfer. The other, like the two conversations to me, it's not Comfer. It's Sam Gerrard or buying out Eric Johnson or theoretically trading EJ, but he has an NMC. So it's hard. So buying out Eric Johnson is almost the same problem as with JT Comfort. It only gives you 500. It only gives you 500 K more in space, but we're operating under the idea that Jack Johnson's coming in anyway. So there's less of that. You have to go out and get another D conversation, at least a D that applies a cap hit to you. Well, I I think if you move Gerard, you do need to go get another one because okay, great, you've added Jack Johnson, but now your seventh guy is Curtis Mc or uh, sorry Eric Johnson. If you buy him out, you still need to go and get another guy. So you'll add Eric Johnson. You're, you'll I, add Jack Johnson. I'm getting my sure, but rotated. you can go get a 750k guy that you can bury in the minors if you're really trying to work the cap. If you get rid of Jack Johnson, if you get rid of Sam Gerard, feels like you have to go out and get another real defenseman. The and so I would hate giving up Sam Gerard for a few reasons. One, you've got your three guys that you're trying to build around here for the foreseeable future in Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram, and Sam Gerard. 24, 23, and 21 years old. Okay. Those are really those are three guys that you can say Devon Taves leaves, Eric Johnson leaves, eventually Josh yeah, Manson leaves. Like these are the three I, guys that are going to be Colorado's defense for a long time. Yeah. That from a personal note, I'm taking the defensive three-headed monster over bringing Kadri back every single time. If it every single time, if that, that's, if if that's what it comes down to, yeah, that's where that's where. Look, um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the uh, Sam. What could Sam Gerard get in a trade? Because I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And let's be real here. It would not be the same kind of value that it would be like, it would not be like, they're not going to get Pierre-Luc Dubois for Sam Gerrard. Again, you're, you're pigeonholed yourself here by fear the Avs trading him because the only reason you're trading him is to make room for Kadri. So that means your acquisition is prospects and picks full stop. You're not taking on any money for Sam Gerrard. If you're trading him for Kadri, right? You can't take any of that back. Uh, So you're, you're taking on futures and you're like, Hey, maybe, maybe you can get a first round pick. Maybe you can get two seconds. Maybe you can get a, a second and a prospect that you there's, really like. There's some value there, but nitpicking this pick, that pick. It's yeah. Not I'm the not reason they're making the trade. Yeah, I'm just not interested in going down that road. I don't know what that interest would be. The point would be that they're getting rid of the salary. Yep. Um, they're cleaning that out. Um, not just just not interested there. So, uh, but the idea is that Gerard is is kind of that sweet spot. You, you he makes five million dollars. You did just you did just have a second half of a playoff run, in which you were successful without him. Yep, it worked. It certainly the Avs won in a Stanley Cup, 
So yeah, but you also know, like, how much better are you with Sam Gerrard next to Josh Manson all season long, right? Versus the Sam Gerrard that look, the Sam Gerrard just is coming off of the worst year of his career, and he he was saddled next to Jack Johnson for a decent chunk of it, One, and. But Gerard also had his own problem. Like Jack Johnson isn't like the reason Sam Gerard had his worst year of his career, but it was his worst year. And so you're, now you're talking, okay, great. Now it's a guy that his, his value is even lower because he's it, not coming off of a very good year. It just protects you also. Look, Josh Manson was great for the Avs. I think he'll continue to be a good defenseman for the Avs, but you have that guy signed for four years. That's going to take him till he's 35. If he starts to fall off that cliff and you don't have a Sam Gerrard to back up that top four, your second pairing starts to look a little bit dicey because Taves very likely gone at the end of this contract in a couple years. Mm-hmm. And you have McCarr and Byram there, which is great. Yeah. But you're what was a arguably the best top four in the league is now two really good guys and a second pairing that is. Which is where a lot of teams sit. For sure. So images the abs had that and the push and pull of this is that you can live without Sam Gerard in the immediate this next year for sure. Sam is Sam Gerard like a vital piece of your of your cup defense? Probably not. But look at the year after that immediately because Eric Johnson, Eric Johnson's contract expires. Let's just say they don't bring him back at all. That no resigning, no anything. Well, you're gonna want you're gonna want Sam Gerard around. For that, and then Devon Taves, you're gonna want Sam Gerard around for that. Gerard, Gerard is just a, just a, he's just a very solid NHL player. He's not a top pairing defender. I think we've learned that that ceiling just isn't quite there. Yeah, but he's a second pairing guy for sure. He's he's very very good at what he does well, and he's just, I think he's underappreciated. Um, I I agree. I, uh, the, but I don't the, think he's underappreciated by the Avalanche. The organization, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I do think the fan base is very much has their one of you done for me lately glasses on, which like the Avs won a cup for them lately. So obviously I understand that. But Gerard has been such a solid piece that his worst year with the Avalanche is the one not only the Avs go win a cup in, but he was he had what, 23 points in the regular season for them? 28. 28. So even more than I thought. And and that's his worst year in Colorado. Not counting that, like, he didn't play his – the first year we showed up he, as a 19-year-old, yeah, he had a 20-point season. He played halfway, half part of the year here or whatever. He ended up – he actually played 68 games that year. Uh, this last season, he only played 67. Yep. It was the first year that he actually battled injuries um, because he had been – and I saw people talking about how he was too brittle – that guy lost his Iron Man streak because of COVID. Yep. Not because of injury. He got COVID and lost the streak. Um, yeah. It's and and the other thing about Sam Gerard is stylistically he fits so so well in what Colorado is trying to be defensively. Yeah. He was a big part of setting it up. Yep. Getting it started. Uh, Having he, the moving ability, not just the puck, but with his feet as well. Excuse yeah, me. well, and and Sam Gerard's a good in zone defender. He's Absolutely, a, he's a good defender. He's got his like he's not good in front of his own net. Um, he's a little weak along the wall at times. Well, neither are the abs. Hey, 
fair enough. <laughs> but like you're you're talking like he's he's got his limitations there, but every defenseman that they bring in is going to. They just re signed Josh Manson. Most of us are pretty pretty cool with it. Yeah. Knowing that Josh Manson's going to make some like brutal mistakes here. But and and like why do you like Josh Manson so much? Well, because he does a lot of the things Sam Gerard doesn't. Right. They complement each other yeah, so well. Exactly. Part of the appeal of Josh Manson is putting him next to Sam Gerard. And I know a lot of people have talked about, oh, well, Gerard, he, he makes $5 million to play on your third pairing. But that's not how he got used. Yeah. When they had the full lineup healthy, Josh Manson yes. and, and Eric Johnson were your fifth and sixth guys. Yep. Because they elevated Byram. They elevated Gerard. They put those guys out. They found ways to put those guys out there together. Yep. And not all the time, but often enough that they were still playing their top guys the most. Yep. And when I t- when we talked about Manson re-signing uh, yesterday, part of the appeal was, hey, this gives them two second pairings. And on any given night, on any given night, one of those pairings, not very good. The other one plays more. Yeah, and you ride the hot hand, absolutely. It it It's such, they grant so much flexibility, and it's an advantage that I don't really think any team in the league has that the Avs had over this last year. The team that has come closest over recent history is Nashville with that super juggernaut defense. Mm-hmm. But but they didn't have anything to forward, even, right. even close to Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen. Yep. The Avs were still able to play offense through their forwards, which Nashville was never really able to do. Yep. Um, and I, I, again, I just think it's it's such a huge advantage. We have a couple Super Chats to get to here. Uh, $2 from Miss Truly says, which team still needs a center? Options dwindling. When it's Nazem Kadri, if you can afford him, every team needs him. Yeah, I would say, I would say the team's... The teams that I'm most interested in, uh, honestly, like you look at Anaheim is still sitting on a ton of money. They yeah. just signed Ryan Strom. Look, uh, that's not going to be the, that's not going to be the, uh, like winning situation that Colorado is, but they, they fancy themselves a team kind of on the come up here. They would like, and in the Pacific Division, is anybody really truly ever out of it? That division nope. sucks. Yep. You know, I, I, you wonder, okay, how does Calgary pivot? Yeah. Calgary is an interesting one to me too, with Gaudreau gone. Okay. So how does Calgary pivot now? I know Johnny Gaudreau is a wing and Nazem Kadri is a center and blah, blah. That's the thing that they could figure out though. Like that should not be New Jersey's the only one of those teams where you're like, you really don't need Nazem Kadri. Yeah. That they're center rich as hell for sure. Yeah. I wonder, I, you know, I also wonder, uh, about, I, the Islanders were willing to spend that money on on Gaudreau. Nazem Kadri screams a Lou Lamorello type guy. So I wonder about that. I wonder about them. I've, I don't know. I, I have like saying, the beard, though. I, I have been saying for a million years now that I think Nazem Kadri signing with the Dallas Stars makes far too much sense. Yeah, they have to sign Ottinger still, though. And, and, and Robertson. Robertson. So that's I know so that they've got... That's awfully tight. They've got commitments. I understand, but again, like you're, yeah, I I think that they could, they could have those types of conversations. Uh, I'm I'm less convinced about the Boston thing because Bergeron and Krejci. Yeah. Um, but I 
I also wonder, uh, you know, Nashville maybe. Nashville was kind of like a a team that I was sort of curious about. Yeah, would they really do it? Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure there. Um, I'm not trading Sam Gerrard today, with the hope that Sean Barons takes that place. Maybe with the that that could be two years down the line. Yeah, for like, sure. But yeah, um, and yeah, two dollars from Colin really quick here, saying plus he looks great in a plastic fireman's helmet. Speaking about Kadri, <laughs> Gerard. Oh, Gerard. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so that's I think the those are the angles of the Gerard thing. You want him long term. It would really be a very, very, very short sighted thing for them to do to move Gerard now in order to keep Kadri. There's nobody. There's nobody out here that's hanging out in chat or whatever that says having a having a good two C isn't important. Uh, I'm not thrilled by the idea of just letting it fly with Alex Newhook. I think it would be fun just because I think Alex Newhook is capable of it in time. I certainly don't. So there are a couple of avenues here that the Avs could take. Okay. Um, if the I don't think let it fly with Alex Newhook is a real option. I think I the let it fly really with Alex Newhook either. option is Miko Rantanen is your 2C, really. Yeah, I think that's where you start, and then and if Newhook comes up on the year, great, you're good. But I, I think that route is you make it work with Miko or Landeskog or whoever you want as your two C until the trade deadline, and then you solve it there. And with potentially Newhook on the come up, that works for you. Sure. The other more realistic option is. Take your pick of of Dylan Strom, Evan Rodriguez, maybe throw Paul Stasny in there. And well, and if if you're doing that, pick the guy that can skate, which is Rodriguez. Yeah, pick the guy that can skate. Now he's probably got the lowest upside, but he's got the the highest defensive ceiling. And if you put that guy next to one of Lekkinen or Nachushkin, you're really feeling like they're going to be able to move, man. And I I do think a lot of this does depend on how you feel about Alex Newhook. The better you feel about Alex Newhook, the better you're going to feel about the Avs going out and trying a Rodriguez or a Strom at their 2C position. Yeah, because if that doesn't work out and Newhook plays great, you just yeah. swap them and then exactly. that guy is on your third line and you're feeling a lot better about it. Yep. If you go and you get Paul Stasny to be your 2C and he ends up as your third left wing... It's not the it's not like the worst outcome, but right. it's I just it's not really what you were after. Agreed. And look, if you're not if you're not a believer in Alex Newhook, or you're not a believer that the Avs could solve this position at the trade deadline or in some other mm-hmm. way, then you start to see how you could value Kadri very, very highly as a must acquire for Colorado in a sense of looking to move out other potential key pieces. And if you're if you're getting into the trade market, which is the market that actually makes me the most nervous, because the Avs don't really have much left in the way of assets it's here. That 2023 first is kind of yeah, and then and, and, and then Sean Barons, I guess, yeah, and Oscar Olsson, like you're picking, yeah, sure, sure, the the, the usual prospects here. here and there. Can you talk somebody into taking top draft pick Chris Romain? <laughs> <laughs> it is their first pick of the draft. 
So, but you do, but like uh, for me, I would wonder, you know, what if, uh, you know, what if you made a phone call to Florida about like Sam Bennett? Sure. You know, or they're very, they're very, you know, they're like, I guess maybe that's your Gerard conversation is instead of future him for a two C. Yeah. If you could trade him for the two C, because I guess if you're going to trade him for the two C, you would want to have the conversation about a guy like Dubois, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely having more of that conversation if that's the route you're taking. Uh, $2 late here from Jimmy, who says, we're going on day two of free agency. Who's holding out? It's not that anyone's holding out. It's just that Kadri's taking his time, and Kadri is holding up the entire center market at this point. Once yeah. Kadri has decided, a bunch of other centers will come off the board yeah. to teams. Yeah, well, because teams, teams that are involved will want to make decisions here uh, on, okay, well, let's go with, you know, okay, there's a Dylan Strom and Evan Rodriguez, a Paul Stasny, whatever. Yep. I mean, who, like, who are realistic? If you're looking to trade for a 2C, what are realistic targets beyond just Sam Bennett here? I mean, Dubois, for real. Sure. Like, just the problems, uh, just the, the problems with uh, Winnipeg and, you know, finding the fit there, I just don't know what you wanted. Like, I don't know what you're getting. Yep. Like I, is he, is he the guy that was really motivated at the start of last year and looked like he was going to take over? Or is he the guy that just kind of poo pooed at the end of the year? Granted, most of that team did. Uh, and then there's all the talk about oh he doesn't he doesn't want to he doesn't want to sign he wants to get into free agency. Blah 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 what, blah. What uh, what ritual would I have to perform? to get Phil to know for Sam Gerrard. <laughs> I, I know tell it you, never if, happened. But... If, Quentin, if Quentin Byfield had broken out. Yeah, then it'd be a conversation. I, maybe. Think you could, yeah. I think you could talk about it, but because that hasn't happened, they still need him. Yep. Um, but no, I think really, like, that's where you would go back to Florida and you would say, okay, how about Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett? You know, one of these guys that they've invested in. Um, because they've fuck man, ask him about Anton Lundell if you want. Yeah, you're you're more of a Lundell guy than I am for sure. Uh, I mean, after the year that he just had, I, mean, I I know it's hard to argue with this year. I get it, but he'd be a bad style fit for the Abs. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, like whatever. Not the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pajot, Pajot, Jesus, Pajot. <laughs> Uh, I just that contract is just such a bad one. I I would not touch Gabe Velarde. It's Sam. Dudes with back injuries are just so spooky. Yeah, Sam. Uh, funny enough, like, what about a guy like Yanni Gord? Out of Seattle, yeah. yeah. That how old is he? Thirty. So yeah, he's three years left at five point one million. Yeah, I mean, kind of like it. That's point, pretty it would, reasonable. Yeah, it would be. It would be very similar to running back the Kadri thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, assuming Kadri becomes that sixty-ish point guy again, I really don't think Yanni Gord's that different. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a little more tilted towards the defensive side, but you know, 
Yeah, it could so, be. It, it could be interesting. There um, are options. It's just so hard to to work out exactly the right trade value when you're trying to make a hockey trade. It's so yeah. difficult. And and the real thing, the real thing that I think you'd want that they would want to get into is, uh, they wouldn't want to go and trade for maybe an, an established two C, but maybe a three C that just needs more opportunity. Who's yeah. the hidden gem there? They've always been very aggressive at looking for guys that you can promote and into their system and, and yeah. shine for sure. And Chad has mentioned his name several times. So I would like to throw them a bone on that, but Christian Dvorak for sure would, would fit that bill as a guy with some center history. Who's been given some good opportunity type thing. Yeah. He signed. Uh, so you don't have to worry about it. You just get him. And then, um, you know, if Montreal, if, if Montreal is going to go get PLD, you know, I guess I would. I guess I was just assuming that Dvorak could be part of a PLD. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the Jets would be like, "We want somebody who's fucking signed. We're tired of this." <laughs> um, but no, I I would. Um, yeah, I guess if you're gonna look for the under the radar guy, just sign Rodriguez. He's a free agent. It's more streamlined. Coming off of a forty point, it year, makes more he's got sense. Great underlings, like. And again, you can go that route and not do any damage to other parts of your roster. Yeah. That's the you real touch key. Yep. Now, if you're wrong and Evan, Rod- I mean, Evan Rodriguez finished the postseason on Pittsburgh's fourth line. Sure. So like if you're wrong and he falls apart, then that's a huge problem spot for you, but you do still have a trade deadline to address it. It's not like, yep. Oh I- no, they don't. If they don't solve this and they end up wrong about it in December, they're screwed forever. The, the if you're wrong literally applies to every single move we've talked about here. True. I mean, if, so. if they go out and they make, all, they do all this work. If they do all this work and Nazem Kadri craters immediately, right? You're in. That's maybe like the worst outcome possible. Yeah. Because you've done all this work, you've committed, uh, you've committed money and and term and all this to Kadri, and he's not any good anymore. And oh God, what are we going to do? Yep. Like that could that could sink if they're wrong about if they make the if they make the cadre commitment and they're wrong about it, that could sink the 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 cup window. It absolutely can. It's if you end up with an anchor that was supposed to be in your top six, that's how uh windows go to die. Um yep. any uh any final thoughts here, AJ, as we're wrapping up the pod? Just don't trade Sam Gerard for nothing. Agreed. If you're going to move Sam Gerard, you've got to get him. You've got to, you've got to get something significant for value. Him. In you have to. Sure. You can't just dump him. You can't do what Vegas did and just giving players away like Max Pacioretty. Yep. You just can't. Agreed. Uh, you're asking for final thought. I guess the last thing I would like to touch on before we get out of here. Um we've talked a little bit about the McKinnon extension mm-hmm. and we talked about how we thought, we thought that the Gaudreau deal could have a small impact on it. It coming in under 10, does that, does that keep the dream alive for Max signing for 10 and a half, 10.75? I think it might keep the dream alive of him signing for 11. Okay. I don't know if I, I don't, I just don't know if I see it under 11. I think it's tough. So since Gaudreau became a regular, he's outscored McKinnon in the regular season. Sure. Now there are certain things here. McKinnon's a center. Yeah. Um, 
McKinnon's a monster the last several years. Uh, and his, his defense he, has also trended in the right direction. And his postseason performance is, is real strong. Yeah. It's real strong. So, <laughs> no doubt he's going to make more than 9.75. Yeah. That's uh but if he's if if Goudreau had signed for ten point five, that would have felt like then, the the death yeah. of that dream. If if Goudreau signed for ten point five, I'm like, all right, twelve is the floor for McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm still planning for it to be twelve. Me too. Um, but maybe. But if the door is open for ten point five, then maybe, you know, you can uh I don't know, get out your crystals and I don't I don't know, bath salts, whatever you gotta do. In order yep. to make that happen, try and will it to be. All right. Uh, well, the Avs do have their little four-on-four scrimmage with the rookies tonight. So that's a thing if you're local and you want to check that out at Family Sports Center. Uh, knowing the Avs, they'll probably get their center done in the middle of that scrimmage. So that'll be fun. Uh, Don't you dare say that. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. You know, obviously, whenever the Avs do they, decide to, make they that will move. be middle of that scrimmage, and we'll yeah. look over, and McFarland will be on the phone locking like, that thing down. Yeah, <laughs> in a panic, running around the room. Yeah, yeah, it's the way it goes sometimes. But whenever the Avs do make their move, whatever it may be, you know, you can find it right here. Great time to get a DNVR Avalanche membership. Go check out Megan's notebooks on DevCamp if you want the uh, the inside deets on some of that stuff. She takes very detailed notes. She's taking notes this morning. Was there, you actually got to watch them live. Was, did you have any takeaways, or was that, oh, God, they don't have nameplates on. I don't know who any of these guys are. Uh, I mean, we talked about it. Ambrosio's speed obviously flashed a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like Barron. I thought Barron's was very calm, very poised. For a guy at a dev camp, you know, you see some of those invite kids that are like, oh, my God, this is an NHL organization that I have the opportunity to go to a dev camp with. And they're they're a little amped, <laughs> put it that way. Baron seemed right at home. So I did like that, too. And you do guys that show up to their first NHL camps can get squirrely. So yeah. um, he won a national championship, though. So if he's squirrely at a dev camp. Yeah, it's true. It's girl, true. Come on. But no, I I liked I same guy. I mean, we were sitting next to each other. <laughs> I, I did like if we're going a little deeper. Ben Tardif yeah. was on his line. I liked him too today. See, I'm a I'm a Pfizer guy. I know you've been a Pfizer guy for two years. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do wait. I do really wonder if that's if we're headed for uh, a Terran Pfizer ELC this year. Maybe maybe. Uh, $2 late here from our Moisters saying 10.875 for Mac, 87 by 8. Book it. Look, if that's the deal, I'll be happy. I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it depends. Like, obviously, we can't emergency pod. If AJ's at FSC, it would be a little bit difficult. God, that Wi Fi trying to emergency yeah. pod. Kill me yeah. now. Yeah. But if the I'd be better off doing that shit driving home, just having <laughs> Z hold up the phone while I shouted <laughs> things at it. <laughs> If they do something, we will do a pod about it at some point. I will put it to you that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can find it here. But we're out of here for today. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. Uh, we will be live tomorrow no matter what. So be sure to tune into that show. And until the next one, we will talk to you later.